Oi, 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 Welcome back. This is the Alcast Season 3. We're just testing out the audio there at the beginning. But we are ready to go, baby boy, for Season 3. Got lots of MMA, boxing, and football to talk about. Of course, the conference championship game's just going down on the weekend. Um, All kinds of boxing getting talked about. All kinds of MMA getting talked about. And as always, we got the clip of the week suited and booted, ready to go. As uh, I think we've got some of our audio technical issues figured out. I'm starting to get my audio engineer to get the quicker thumbs going on the phone. And my man is uh, much ready for season three. Uh, you know, I took a couple weeks off. Missed talking about the sports and getting my regular episodes out. But without further ado, let's just get into the show, starting with the world of MMA. After his win on UFC Fight Island over Neil Magny, we saw Michael Chiesa call out Colby Covington in the welterweight division in the UFC, which is pretty impressive because, you know, for as much as the callouts that Colby does, you don't really hear a lot of people um, putting Colby's name in their mouth, I noticed, because... You know, the guy has looked impressive as much as I kind of hate the fake persona and the the trolling that he does. Um, he's He's got legit skills as a competitor. His uh, chain wrestling, his clinching, and obviously he's kind of got underrated hands, you know, dismantling guys like Robbie Lawler and um, just pressure fighting and putting the pace on guys and knowing to break guys with his uh, insane cardio and pace, kind of having an output like a guy like uh, Max Holloway, who just had an impressive showing on Fight Island as well. So look for Chiesa and Colby to get made for maybe a, a number one contender spot for welterweight kingpin Kamaru Usman in the new year. Speaking of the uh, flying Hawaiian Max Holloway, As I mentioned, he went Super Saiyan over Kelvin Cater during the time I was gone from the pod, setting all kinds of records in the UFC, like most strikes landed, most strikes thrown, um, basically any kind of striking output strike uh, record you could have. Max Holloway went out and got that, having conversations with the commentators mid-fight, no-look punches, bobbing and weaving, just looking all-around impressive. So... Alex Volkanovsky doesn't seem too keen on another rematch and make the trilogy there, but uh, Max Holloway's um, stock is as high as ever. Of course, Alex Volkanovsky has um, Brian Ortega to worry about for his next shot at the featherweight belt. So uh, I could see Max Holloway maybe getting one more fight, maybe potentially with a guy like the Korean Zombie who just lost to Ortega, but... I just think Max Holloway will want to stay active after that impressive win. Or who knows, maybe he'll just hang around in the cut till he can get another title shot. Because who knows if Ortega beats Volkanovski, then an Ortega-Holloway fight for the title would make a lot of sense. You know, I'm sure Ortega's uh, chomping at the bit to get a rematch with Max Holloway after he kind of got dismantled and 
their first fight, and Max was teaching him striking lessons mid-fight, showing him how to guard. <laughs> uh, also on that Holloway undercard, we saw Carlos Condit edge out a win over Matt Brown. Uh, Matt Brown not happy with the judging in that one. Uh, many fans expecting more of a back-and-forth striking war and less of a grappling clinic and clinch clinic of what the fight turned into a little bit, but good to see Carlos Condit get another win. The guy's been a long-time staple of the UFC, WEC. Uh, I remember him in the Rumble and the Rock tournament, I think it was called back in the day, at welterweight. Or maybe he was fighting at middleweight back then, I can't remember, but he's been around for a hot minute, so be interesting to see who they give Carlos Condit next and what happens to a guy like Matt Brown, who's still a straight-up savage and great fighter. Obviously, everyone remembers some of his clinch finishes with knees and elbows over the years, particularly that uh, devastating elbow he landed on Diego Sanchez. was just brutal, catching the kick and backing him up to the cage and just coming over the top with a big reaper death scythe of an elbow. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with guys like that. Uh, Li Jinglang, I believe you pronounce his name, he had the biggest upset on that card over uh, Ponzibio at welterweight, who was looking to make a comeback and edge his way into the top 10, top 5 of the welterweight division. But Li Jingling came with that uh, big upset win, looked very impressive, knocking him out in the first round. Other MMA news, obviously we saw Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa get rumored now as a potential middleweight matchup. Um, both guys looking to get another shot at the middleweight belt uh, currently. I guess, what would you call it? It's, it's, on, it's on ice right now because middleweight champion Israel Adesanya is moving up to fight 205-pound champion Jan Blokowicz in a super fight in early March, so that's a big card. It's got, I believe, three title fights on it with Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson, and Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan, all on that same card. And, of course, we just had the UFC uh, event on the weekend go down between Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, big upset for Dustin Poirier getting the knockout TKO in round two at 232. Obviously, crippling his leg with those brutal leg kicks, calf kicks in round one, and then uh, showing that killer instinct in the second round and knocking Conor McGregor out for the first time in his career. Conor McGregor falling to 22-5 and five, and Dustin Poirier improving to 27-6 and won no contest. Uh, Michael Chandler we saw get a surprising first, well, surprising to some, I, I called that one, Surprising to some first round knockout over Dan Hooker at 2 minutes 30 seconds of the first round. Backing him up to the cage, landing an overhand left, and then finishing him off with some brutal ground and pound, making a very impressive UFC debut. Yoan Calderwood getting decision win over Jessica I, landing all kinds of body kicks on her, looking very impressive. Looking to uh, make a run here to fight Valentina Shevchenko. Improving to 15-5. and five. Uh, Middleweight, Mahmoud Muradov knocked out Andrew Sanchez in round three. At middleweight, 
And at women's strawweight on the main card, finishing off, we saw Marina Rodriguez getting a big upset win. Uh, TKO KO at round, in round two at 54 seconds over Amanda Ribas, who was one of the biggest favorites on the card, actually. So that about covers all the latest UFC news, other than, of course, Dana White threatening a couple streamers and uh, catching guys. But looking forward to the next card, which is UFC Fight Night Overeem versus Volkov. Um, only the one fight announced for that so far in February 6th, so be interesting to see how they fill out the card other than the main event. Um, I'm probably leaning towards Alexander Volkov in that one over the ream. He's got some wear and tear from his competitions over the years. He's saying he is looking to make only one last run here at the heavyweight strap, so he'll be highly motivated, but Alexander Volkov is no joke, man, and he looked much improved in his last performance as well. So, switch over to the world of boxing. Stay within the combat sports, you know. I've seen a lot of headlines recently. Of course, um, this potential middleweight uh, matchups going down because Chris Eubank just signed with a new, new promoter, Chris Eubank Jr., I should say, uh, calling out guys like Liam Williams, uh, Gennady Golovkin, and Kel Brook as potential opponents. So look for one of those matchups to get made paired with Chris Eubank Jr. as he obviously wants to be a lot more active than he was last year. Uh, I heard on a Skype call he did with his new promoter, Cal Sutherland, that he was promised three fights this year. So be interesting to see whether he gets them. And um, obviously not being with a promoter like an Eddie Hearn or a Frank Warren is seeming to hurt a lot of fighters right now but uh, look forward to Chris Eubank Jr. getting back in the ring I know a lot of people kind of slag him off online for this reason or that reason but um, he has looked impressive in the past he's looked very impressive against Billy Joe Saunders and uh, some of his past opponents obviously some people saying a couple of the big names he has on his re resume were over the hill but I'd like to see him in the ring with a guy like a Liam Williams or a Gennady Golovkin this year to really see where he's at. We've seen White Povetkin 2 uh, announced for March. Eddie Hearn announced quite a few different fights for the first five, six months of the year for matchroom boxing. So I believe that White Povetkin 2 fight is going down in uh, early March as well. Probably the biggest fight in, that he announced. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Dillian White again, even though he got knocked out in the first fight. He was looking really good up till the knockout, obviously knocking down Povetkin several times and then getting caught with that big uppercut. But I think he'll come into this next fight um, re-energized. Uh, he's taken enough time off from the knockout to be recovered, I think, and with a better strategy, and he'll get Povetkin up out of there this time. Also, Connor Ben versus Samuel Vargas was announced. That's a big welterweight fight or middleweight fight, I think. And yeah, it's hard to not go with the young gun Connor Ben in that one, 
even though Samuel Vargas is very experienced. He's no joke of a guy. I think this Connor Ben's got a lot of momentum behind him, and they're really looking to build his career and turn him into one of the biggest boxers on the planet, I think. So uh, I think this is good matchmaking from Eddie Hearn, and Connor Ben gets another win in that fight. There's been some heavyweight rumblings of Joe Joyce versus Alexander Usyk. A great heavyweight fight for the WBO, I believe. Heavyweight title is the one uh, they'd have. Joe Joyce obviously having all kinds of heavyweight belts after um, his fight with Daniel Dubois. Wilder uh, has been talking about some names like Charles Martin apparently going down in the States, some talks of that fight going down, as well as uh, Dillian White throwing his name in the mix for a potential fight with Deontay Wilder. Rumblings of Con Brook, a long overdue fight that uh, still has a little hype behind it anyways. People want to see. Be good to give the UK fans finally after all these years. Another potential name for Brooke other than Eubank Jr. I wonder what Eubank Jr. would think of a fight with um, Khan, you know. That'd be, you know, it'd be something. (laughs) Uh, Another heavyweight fight going down in New Zealand. We see Joseph Parker Jr. Faw. Parker a heavy favorite in that fight, but Faw coming out of the city kickboxing camp that Israel Adesanya fights at. And he's no joke either. Them having fought each other in the amateurs as well and having a bit of a history makes for an interesting storyline. Uh, that fight was pushed back at one point. I believe is now going down in February. Jake Paul uh, has said that he's got a fight booked for April. He hasn't announced an opponent yet. Many people suspecting uh, Conor McGregor sparring partner Dylan Moran after some beef between those two surfaced with Jake Paul sharing some sparring footage and some uh, a knockout that happened to Dylan Moran in America but it'd be interesting who Jake ends up fighting in April that lightweight talk is still heating up between uh, Tank or, or Tank uh, Gervonta Tank Davis, apologies, uh, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia after Ryan Garcia has called out Tank several times on a couple different podcasts. Uh, Devin Haney's looking to acquire a big name on his record this year, still having, still having not faced the elite of the division. And, uh, that's going to be an interesting trilogy to make between those three guys and see how that lightweight division shakes out. After that impressive win over Luke Campbell, I'm kind of leaning towards Ryan Garcia right now, even though I am a big fan of Tank Davis from Baltimore. And I think Devin Haney is very skilled and talented as well, shown great timing and uh, high boxing IQ, but obviously probably not the same kind of power as a guy like Tank Davis has or the same kind of speed as King Rye has, a.k.a. The Flash, so... Each guy kind of has their qualities and, you know, the cream always rises to the top, especially if they get to face each other. So, yeah, the lightweight division, especially with Tiafimo Lopez as well, who I didn't even mention, is uh, probably the most, I'd say right up there with the most exciting in boxing. I'd, I'd have to look at it more, but 
yeah, I'm tempted to say that it's maybe the, the money division in boxing are quickly becoming that way. Obviously, them and the heavyweights. Um, pound for pound king, Can Canelo Alvarez has a fight with Yildrim booked for the end of February, coming up on the 27th, Anvi Yildrim. It's a mandatory title defense, but they're looking to work it into a two-fight deal, and if all goes well in that Yildrim fight, uh, potentials of a Billy Joe Saunders fight is heating up. So that would be a great fight to see, hopefully in 2021. As well as uh, women's quote, multiple weight class and belt holder Clarissa Shields is fighting Mary Eve DeCare to secure another belt in another weight class, I believe, and solidify her status as the greatest female fighter on the planet. It's really only between her and Katie Taylor from Ireland at the moment. Clarissa Shields has uh, talked about fights with both of them, Katie Taylor. Uh, oh, she has, she has to get through DeCare, but she's also said um, interest in a fights with Savannah Marshall, who had came off a very impressive performance at the end of 2020 as well. Katie Taylor's said she is looking for an opponent quickly into this new year as well. Many people slotting Natasha Jonas into that role uh, as an interesting opponent as she had a very impressive performance on a matchroom card as well. It should be a great fight. All right, that about covers the world of combat sports recently. So got a little bit of football talk as we've had a couple rounds of the playoffs go down as I've been off the pod obviously uh the conference championships but before that i'll just run through the um divisional round before that the packers would be beat the rams to advance the bills had beat my team the ravens unfortunately and the chiefs beat the browns the bucks beat the saints so it all shook out where the buccaneers played the packers in the conference championships and beat them 31 to 26. Game coming down to the fourth quarter. And uh, many people critiquing some of the Packers' play calls and uh, interceptions, defensive slip ups. Uh, but, you know, you got to give props to Tom Brady and their offense as well. The Buccaneers uh, played them hard, and many people had the Packers picked in that game. They were the favorites to go through on that side, but. Uh, Tommy Touchdowns is going to, I believe they say, his 10th Super Bowl, which is absolutely nuts, especially at 45, 46, however old he is. He's just a he's a vampire over there in Tampa Bay. And they've got a scary good offense, so they could very well upset the Chiefs, who beat the Bills 38-24. to But going back to that Bucks offense, like I mentioned, they've got a good tight end in Gronk and Cameron Brait, obviously Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, um, Scotty Miller, who's been dangerous with the deep ball, and uh, of course Mike Evans, like <laughs> a depth of talent at wide wide receiver, probably the best wide receiving core still left in the playoffs. Um, and of course Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette at running back, like very talented defense as well. And as I mentioned, the Chiefs beat the Bills after the Bills had kicked my Ravens out of the playoffs. 
38 to 24 and a bit more of a blowout, especially towards the end of the game. It seemed like the Chiefs just kept pulling away, pulling away. Uh, their offense is just so high powered, always has the potential to put up 40 or more on any given Sunday. So this matchup between the Chiefs and the Bucks for the Super Bowl is going down February 7th at 630. Um, I might just have to put a cheeky little underdog bet on the Buccaneers in that one because I haven't looked at the odds yet, but I imagine they're pretty good if you want to put a little money down on the Bucks to win that. And uh, I could see Tommy Touchdowns relishing the role of playing the underdog in that match. Andy Reid and his coaching staff and obviously the team in Kansas City, the defending champs looking to win back-to-back Super Bowls come in highly motivated as well Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a competitor uh, guys like Travis Kelsey at tight end and Tyreek Hill at wide receiver uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire at running back they're a talented team but um, some reason I don't even know if I can tell you why exactly uh, I know I listed the personnel and Bruce Arians at head coach uh, I'm just something tells me to lean towards the Bucks in that one Something tells me. (laughs) Other NFL storylines going down. The Steelers signed uh, former Washington football team quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Maybe looking to move on from Ben Roethlisberger next year or just solidify their uh, QB depth chart. Um, Head coach Nick Sirianni signed with the Philadelphia Eagles after they fired Doug Peterson, Deshaun Watson has been rumored to sign with the New York Jets at quarterback, leaving Houston. The Jags hired head coach Urban Meyer, probably the most um, prospected coaching guy from the college football scene, obviously having all kinds of success with Ohio State over the years. So look for the Jags to be much improved next year, I believe. See how they draft anyways. Many people thinking that they will take um, highly touted quarterback prospect Trevor Lawrence first overall in the NFL draft. Uh, There's been rumblings of Drew Brees retiring after the Buccaneers eliminated them in the divisional round. And he was kind of looking back at the field one last time and maybe some things that got picked on Mike about him telling Jameis Winston that it was the Saints were his team now. And I'd be sad to see for Drew Brees. He was a long-time NFL QB, many people saying the hardest worker in football. And uh, a lot of respect for that guy and how he carried himself over the years on and off the field. Just a good competitor, good sportsman. Some more rumblings of Mark Ingram to leave the uh, Baltimore Ravens after two seasons, slot or clean up some room on the running back depth chart after all the success from J.K. Dobbins, free up some cap space as well. Big shout-outs, Mark Ingram. He had a very entertaining two seasons in Baltimore, his first season. Uh, obviously very productive last year, not so much kind of dealing with some injuries and whatnot, but... I got a lot of respect and appreciation for that guy for what he did for Baltimore, especially uh, off the field as well, being very entertaining in the press conferences and um, 
just he seems like a good locker room guy and just a good person you know nothing bad to say about the guy i wish him nothing but the best and hopefully finds another team to get into the the room of i think uh, many teams would look for him to get back in there i wouldn't be surprised if the the saints pick him back up actually i always thought him and alvin kamara were a good duo over there but there's always a team looking to add a running back i think especially mark ingram i don't think he's He's still got some tread left on the tires, as they like to say. <laughs> and RG3 has kind of expressed that he'd like to leave Baltimore as well, potentially find a starting quarterback role at another team after backing up us being the backup in Baltimore for, I believe, yeah, I think he's been here three seasons, if not four, but uh, all the best to him as well. Obviously, Tyler Huntley kind of taking over backup quarterback reps in Baltimore. But, yeah, I think RG3 could make another go at being a, a decent starter somewhere. Why not? He's still got some wheels. Yeah, he showed out in a couple games where he's got the opportunity to play for a few snaps. But who knows, man? I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, though. Lions hired head coach Dan Campbell. And, uh, yeah, we talked the Bucks chief Super Bowl, so that about runs through all the football news from the past couple weeks and looking ahead as well so obviously there'll be a week between now and the Super Bowl so I'm sure there'll be some um, rumblings on and off the field of course more head coaches and coordinators getting signed some players getting moved around in free agency and whatnot before the end of the year so maybe some draft picks getting exchanged who knows so there'll be some ball to talk about as well but also, you know, there's always MMA and boxing to talk about, so we'll be good to go. Let's uh, pull up the clip of the week, shall we? I got a couple to play for you guys now that I got my audio figured out. I've been making a hip-hop playlist recently, so... Even on my busiest days, okay, enough, 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 enough. No ads, no ads. <laughs> Skip it. Some hip-hop for you guys. The most death beat play. This what the streets say. Hey, Mr. DJ, play that devil mode in That jam got me open. Decided to break it broken from front, front side to side, middle to back. Never the whack. I come from best star black from Lewis A V E to be exact. Brooklyn. That was most deaf freestyling in the park 14 years ago. That video was put up, but it looked older than that. Um, I just made a crazy hip-hop playlist on my YouTube channel, which you can find at the Alcast as well. Over 500 songs on there, some of my favorites. And uh, yeah, if you like rap, hip-hop, R&B, you probably find something you enjoy on there. If you uh, want something to play at the gym or driving in the car or whatever. That's just one clip of the week. I always want to play something entertaining for you guys or to do with the sports world as well. So I want to play this classic interview between Nigel Benn 
and uh, Chris Eubank, obviously the fathers of Connor Ben, who we talked about on the podcast today, and Chris Eubank Jr., who we also talked about on the podcast today. Wouldn't that be crazy if their sons ever got in the ring together? Obviously, it'd be a lot of hype and a lot of money behind that fight, some weight class issues to work out, but that's kind of one of my fantasy boxing fights to go down, as this is one of the best uh, English fights of all time. Let's hear what they had to say in this old interview between Nigel Benn and Chris Eubank. On that particular night in question, I will show that I have what it takes. This man is nothing but a... He's just, he's the real hype. I come up the hard way. I didn't yeah, have time myself, boy. You had your time. Let's, let's have some parliamentary procedure here, all right? Oh, God. <laughs> but what makes you think you can beat Nigel Benn? Because he's just a puncher. He's only got a puncher's chance. I'm a skill star. I'm a, I'm a fighter. I can punch as hard as he can. I can box. I can slug or whatever he can. He only can, he, all, everything is loaded in my favor for this fight. Because, in my opinion, although he's a great puncher, he has nothing else other than that. That's not important. I just got to be the man. It doesn't matter whether I knock him out or take him to 12 rounds and give him a boxing lesson. So I have nothing to say to Nigel. I find the man uh, intolerable in that he's so wild. I have no time for such people. He has no class as far as I see it. Um, about Nigel Ben, I would say this. The man is a powerful puncher. A very powerful puncher. For this, I would like his autograph because after I've finished with him, he isn't going to be anybody. Christopher? I have to say, there seems an element of genuine hate between these two, Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. I just want his WBO title. I, I, I always, I pray that I have enough dignity not to hate the man. Hate doesn't now. come into it for me. Hate um, destroys the game and makes it look uh, brutal, and, uh, and that's why a lot Ambrose, of people don't uh, take to it. I don't hate the man. I want the men's title, and I intend to prove that I'm a better fighter than a man, which I am. All right, gentlemen, you both sign the contract. I personally do hate him. I personally do hate him. So is there any point in me asking you to shake hands after signing the contract? No, 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 no. Well, gentlemen, all four of you, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go away. Calm down. Have a chamomile tea. And just relax. And that was Eddie Hearn, of course, a little short clip at the end just kind of punctuating the tension that was between those two during that uh, little bit of a press conference they had at a news studio between the two of them. If you could see how Nigel Ben was looking at Chris Eubank as he was talking about him in that clip, you know, if looks could kill. And since we're in season three, I guess I'll just bust off three clips of the week for you guys. We won't do this every week, obviously. Better stick to one, but I've saved up a few in the in the bank, so... We'll do a, a little bit of a funny one as well. So this one is called uh, My Bad Mom. This might be the most hilarious news interview about a young man who's being taken away in a police car being interviewed by somebody through uh, the police car window. <laughs> Why are you running for the police? Bruh. Did you break into a house? Did you burglar out the house? Hell no. Nah. Bruh, get away from the cop, bro. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. We were, we were talking before you, just talking to these officers. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk to you, though. Did you break into house? No. Okay, well, why are you in custody, though? I don't know. You don't know? You have no idea why you've been arrested? No idea, sir. Why you got hair coming out your nose? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I don't have hair coming out of my nose. And... <laughs> I'm just <boozing. laughs> Nah, I ain't breaking no house, though, man. 
You didn't break into their house. What channel this is? Channel two. Number channel one. two. Ask the. Hey yeah, man. Y'all yeah, bought this. Anything your mom or anything like that or anyone you know? My bad, mom. My bad. I'll be home a couple days. Were you hurt when you were running away from? I'm my bike, my neck. He tied me in the neck, boy. I'm just bullshit. All right, well, you have a good one there. What's your name? Paul. What? Paul. Paul, what's your last name, Paul? I don't know. Yeah, right. I gave you the first one. Well, good luck to you. You tased me in the neck, right? What else can you say? There you go. Three clips of the week. Don't say I don't do nothing for you guys. So, as always, you know, keep those spin moves going like you're Ronald Jones going through the line of scrimmage on the Packers. Or I guess Lenny Fournette put in more work in that game. He was playing nuts, actually. I remember on one touchdown run, he had a juke, a stiff arm, and a truck stick, and a spin move. I was like, damn, that boy's playing Madden in real life. Very impressive. Anyways, throwing hooks on the haters like your Connor Ben, like going into his big fight against Samuel Vargas, and uh, going Super Saiyan like your Max Holloway over Kelvin Cater. Whew, wow. What a crazy few weeks we've had. Appreciate you guys for listening. As always, this has been the Alcast Season 3. Look forward to more episodes in the coming weeks. We're just going to bang them out one episode a week until we get to the end of another season, which I expect will maybe come around March time when we could finish up after that card with uh, Israel Adesanya and the two other title fights. That'd be a good time for it, you know? All right. Peace out, guys.